What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Patemri, and welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf. The first week of the NHL season is complete, and would you believe me if I told you that Anze Kopitar is leading the league in points and the Buffalo Sabres sit atop of the NHL undefeated? Probably wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of the season, but it is only week number one. We got a lot to cover, including more information on Evander Kane, teams on a roll, and teams who have dropped the ball so far, extensions, and so much more. So let's hop right on in to another episode of Top Shelf. Alrighty, so to start out the episode, I normally like to give you some cool or positive news or some sort of milestone, so that's exactly what we're going to do. So in their win two days ago, uh, 6-5, the Oilers won, and Leon Dreisaitl scored his 200th career goal, and he became the fifth fastest Oiler to do so behind the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, and Mark Messier. Um, doing it in 481 games. Uh, that's some pretty good company to be alongside. Um, Dreisaitl would finish the game with four points. And uh, yeah, Dreisaitl obviously on team with Connor McDavid, um, the best one-two punch in this uh, league. Although they are playing together at the moment um, with Dreisaitl playing out on the wing with McDavid. Um not really sure whether I would prefer them to be together or separated. They do play really well together. And then you have a second line center in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, but Dreisaitl is just one of the best players in the league. And you could argue that um, he's probably number three behind McDavid and uh, McKinnon, which is really why this Oilers team has to get going at some point, because they're going to start getting frustrated having that top quality and not having the depth to work with them, but uh, congratulations to Leon Dreisel on his 200th career goal. And um, yeah, so with positive news, uh, we also have some negative news here in the NHL. So Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks has been suspended for 21 games um, for established violation of COVID-19 protocol. Uh, the NHL had been under an investigation of Kane regarding a possible fake vaccination card. And while the NHL they're not mandating uh, that players do get vaccinated. Uh, players who are vaccinated in the NHL do have less restrictions, including the ability to play in Canada without having to go through quarantine. Um, the salary that Kane would have earned from those 21 games will be going to the Players Emergency Assistance Fund. Um, and Kane has been going through a bit of trouble in the past years. And at the beginning of last year, we were discussing him and how he had to file for bankruptcy. Um, and he would go on to play one of the best years uh, he had. Uh, we weren't sure if he was going to play. He ended up playing last year and had one of his best years. And it was later discovered that Kane's bankruptcy might have been caused, but due to a gambling addiction, um, something along those lines, he opened up and talked a little bit about that. Um, but this past summer, Kane's wife, Anna Kane, would accuse him of betting on NHL games and even his own games, saying that he would throw them for his own benefit. Um, this would go against the rules um, set by the NHL that they have um, in state. But after investigation, uh, the NHL found that there was no clear evidence that Kane had bet on any hockey games. Um, 
the NHL also uh, investigated allegations made by Anna Kane um, of domestic assault uh, that she accused of domestic assault um, on Evander um, after their recent file for divorce, um, which the NHL responded, quote, it's concurrent investigation into allegations of domestic abuse made against Kane by his estranged wife could not be sustained, end quote. Um, so those weren't, weren't necessarily proven false, but that's just what the NHL stated. Um, but Kane did not attend Sharks training camp and is not eligible to return to the San Jose Sharks until November 30th when they face the New Jersey Devils. Um, Evander Kane made an apology statement, which I'm going to read now. Uh, quote, I would like to apologize to my teammates the San Jose Sharks organization and all Sharks fans for violating the NHL COVID protocols. I made a mistake when I sincerely regret and take responsibility for during my suspension. I will continue to part participate in counseling to help me make better this excuse me, decisions in the future. When my suspension is over, I plan to return to the ice with great effort, determination, and love for the game of hockey. So um, I'm going to a bit of my own opinion on this. Um, he faked his vaccination card, basically. And uh, that's completely wrong because you're um, provide like, uh, it's fine if you don't want to get vaccinated. You know, that's your choice. You, um, they're not requiring you to be vaccinated. So he can play in the NHL still. There's no problems with that. Um, but f falsifying um, medical information and um, could lead to being a felony, which could, well, we'll talk a little bit more about what that could mean. Um, but just, I have a bit of a problem with that and, um, saying he's gonna get counseling to make better decisions. Um, I'm all for, uh, going out, getting help, um, mental health. I'm fully aware of it and recognize it. Um, but I don't know how counseling can, would have changed your decision-making there, um, not to lie to an organization that has stated the rules that you have signed the contract for and agreed to those rules and then go out and just willingly break them. I'm not so sure what counseling that just seems like kind of a, a like escape answer and kind of, in my opinion, I think that was kind of a, a lousy answer. Um, but that's just my opinion on that. Um, Unfortunately for the Sharks, though, it looks like um, they're going to not be able to terminate his contract because um, he technically didn't breach the contract at all because he's still capable of playing for the team. He's still wanting to play for the team. Um, although if he does get, a, uh, if it does reach like a felony and charges with faking his vaccination card, there could be room for them to terminate his contract. And basically, if his contract does get terminated, they don't owe him any money and he's completely off the books. Although the options now, it seems like the Sharks aren't going to want him to return to their team. Many players have um, voiced their opinions that they don't want Evander Kane back um, of how he's a kind of a distraction. Um, so, yeah, um, their options right now is they could trade Evander Kane, which seems a bit unlikely because his trade value is definitely very, very low. Um, and teams know the Sharks don't want him and will probably just get rid of him. Um, so then the second option is they could waive him, which would mean 
that he would get dropped down to HL and his cap would get buried. His He would have buried cap. I think he's making like 6.5 right now and a team could claim him. Um, but if he passes through waivers and he'll just be buried cap. And the other option is for them to buy him out. Now I went ahead and looked and what happens if they buy him out. So he currently is on, he's on 7 million. He's on 7 million a year for the next three years. Um, and if they were to buy him out, what would happen is it would be a six-year length of having his salary and um, the the buyout cost would be $1.66 million per year for the next uh, for the next six years there um, counting against their cap, which honestly isn't the worst of things. So might end up what's happening. Um, but if you, in the initial three years, it would be 3.6 in year one, 2.6 against the cap, 4.6 in the third year. And then for the final three years, $1.66 um, million against their cap. It. So they would take a hit for the next three years but then the following three years, it would be lesser. And 1.6 isn't a lot, um, especially I don't think the Sharks are really a contending team right now. Um, it looks like that might be the likely scenario where they're going to just try maybe uh, waiving him. And if no one claims him, then he might end up being bought out. Although I don't think he can be bought out anymore at the moment because I think the window for that has passed by. Um, so now we move on to another suspension, not as big a deal, uh, nothing with um, COVID or anything like that, but it's uh, the newly acquired Pavel Bruchnevich of the St. Louis Blues has been suspended for two games for headbutting Coyotes Lawson Krause. Um, Bruch, uh, Bruchnevich got in the game, Lawson Krause was kind of cross-checking him. He got a penalty for instigating and cross-checking, but Bruchnevich made intentional and uh, forceful contact head-to-head with Lawson Krause. And he had a meeting with the NHL departments of player safety for being a repeat and for being a repeat offender um, after being suspended for high sticking last year. He will also be fined the maximum based on his salary, which is one hundred and forty one thousand four hundred and sixty three and forty two cents, which will once again go to the players emergency assistance fund. So now we are going to transition into teams that are doing well and teams who have kind of underperformed so far. Obviously, we are very early into the season, but um, some someone who has surprised me so far is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, starting the season without Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, they currently sit at 2-0-2, having averaged four goals per game so far. So they really are filling the gaps without having Malkin and uh, Crosby, and it's not even like these are your two number one guys, but these are also two centers and centers are extremely valuable and crucial to every team. Um, the core of the team and these guys are, uh, are they could be the second best one, two punch in the league um, with the likes of like uh, dry saddle and McDavid or Braden point and Steven Stamkos. Uh, these guys are right up there. I would probably put them right behind McDavid and dry saddle, but um, having, They've got players like Jeff Carter, an uh, experienced veteran. Uh, he can he can be a solid second-line center on most teams. Uh, he's getting it done, getting points. Danton Heinen has taken a big step. Them who signed him in free agency. Brock McGinn, another free agency signing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have really stepped it up for the team, not to mention as well. Goaltending, which was one of the key reasons why I left the Pittsburgh Penguins out of my playoffs. Um, Tristan Jari 
has gone off to a good start with a 0.935 save percentage and 1.62 goals against. Um, while it is early and Jari hasn't played like a huge amount of games to kind of get a good idea, if he can keep up these performances and they bring back Malkin and they bring back Crosby, and they play at their expected elite levels. Um, Pittsburgh could very well outdo my predictions that I made. Um, and they could make the playoffs and they could be buyers at the deadline. I mean, Malkin and Crosby aren't getting any younger. Chris Latang's not getting any younger. Um, their main core is pretty old and, um, I could see them being buyers and maybe just maybe coming out of Arizona, Phil Kessel could make his return back to Pittsburgh. I mean, he fit in quite well on that team, um, won back-to-back cups with them and he, he played phenomenal there in Maybe, maybe he'll want to return and he, people know he wants to be out of Arizona because they're on a complete rebuild and maybe try and grab one more cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, so another team that has completely outperformed expectations is the Buffalo Sabres. Now, while they do sit 3-0, I don't think that they can keep it up at this pace. Being led by Zemgis Gergensens, who is on pace currently for 102 points this season, um, but that's probably not going to happen. If that does, that would be insane. Um, I would be blown away. Um, I will say, though, that Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski, um, who are their goaltenders, while not amazing elite starting goaltenders, um, both do have the capability of getting hot and going on uh, win streaks. Um, Craig Anderson was a former starter good backup goalie now and same with Dustin Dustin Tukarski has always been a backup guy but it wouldn't surprise me but Buffalo somehow finishes fifth and that I mean it would be a huge surprise to everyone but if they finish fifth um while they're far from the playoffs um I I do think they could end up higher than maybe people expected. And it's possible that the Jack Eichel and that drama and everything around him might have been Maybe it was hindering the team a bit and team morale was low and who knows what they get from Jack Eichel. Maybe they come into the team and make a difference and Buffalo becomes a okay team. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they become an okay team and maybe aren't the laughing stock of the league anymore. Um, but at the moment they're, they're doing pretty well. We'll see how long they can sustain that. Um, but moving on to disappointment and um, many have been disappointed in their performance um, but I didn't think of it as much as a surprise is the Montreal Canadiens. They currently sit at 0-4, uh, having lost to the Leafs, the Sabres, the Rangers, and the Sharks. Um, so what's the issue at the moment? Uh, I told you it was kind of a Cinderella story last year when they got to the Stanley Cup. They were the lowest-ranked team to make the playoffs. Um, they current, like they won on a great run in why did they go on such a great run? They had Carey Price, and they don't have Carey Price right now. Um, he's a huge reason why they went so far. Um, an elite, elite goaltender, one top guys in the league, probably top three in the league, one of the best goalies of all time. And he he can just carry the team, and he can make such phenomenal saves. And uh, he's currently out, and Jake Allen, a uh, good backup, but isn't a viable number one starter. Um, Price is expected to miss at least another two weeks, if not longer. Um, and that's just going to be a struggle for the Canadians and dropping points isn't going to help them there. 
And in addition to that, once again, they're without Shea Weber. Uh, he's their number one defenseman um, they had last year. And Weber might not even return. He's definitely not returning this year. And he might not return to the NHL at all. Um, Mark Bergevin called it a long shot in a little bit into Weber. If he does stay injured, he would remain on LTIR with the Canadians until his contract expires. Although if he did decide to retire because he doesn't think he can make it back um, because of injury, uh, then that would count against the team that signed him to that contract, which is the Nashville Predators. While this wouldn't count against uh, their cap, they would be responsible uh, for his salary. And now keeping along the topic of injuries, kind of going into an injury report of some some players who have been injured already in this short uh, season so far. Um, So captain of the Golden Knights, Mark Stone has suffered a lower body injury, luckily won't need any type of surgery. And uh, the coach DeBoer said it's unknown when he will return, but he's likely week to week at the moment. Jack Hughes also recently suffered an injury two nights ago after being hit by Kraken's Jeremy Lazone and landed awkwardly on his left shoulder and suffered a dislocated shoulder, though after MRIs, it was determined he would not need surgery. Um, but there's no foreseeable timeline at the moment when he will return. Um, Jack Hughes, who had a much better second season than he did in his rookie year, um, is on a contract year as well. So that's a big thing. They're probably going to look to lock him up long term. And uh, the injury doesn't do a lot for him. Um, I'm pretty sure that they're holding out on contract negotiations until near the end of the season. Um, through his agent. Um, but finally, we get on the injury report, Nikita Kucherov um, missed all last season due to a hip surgery and didn't return to the playoffs. Um, he left Saturday's game with a lower body injury, and he has since been placed on injury reserve and is expected to be out for a good amount of time, at least a month. Um, they're going to place him on LTIR, but this isn't the same scenario as last year. Um, he's not expected to miss the entire season. I know lots of people weren't happy with what the Lightning did last year. Um, I mean, I don't like it, but they were playing within the rules, so you can't really complain, but it's not going to be the same this season. Um, I saw lots of people saying they're going to throw Kucherov on LTIR, and then they're going to go out and trade for Jack Eichel. Um, Two reasons that won't work. Um, First of all, uh, Kucherov is not going to be out for the entire season. Um, so then they would be in a cap situation where they would have far too much cap, uh, they'd be far too over the, um, salary cap limit. And then as well, um, it just won't work for the future, um, next year. Like Jack Eichel still has, has more than one year on his contract. And unless Buffalo retained a huge amount of his salary, which they already aren't willing to do, um, doesn't seem like they're really willing to retain too much salary, if salary at all. Um, The Lightning are already tight on cap space, uh, so it it just wouldn't work. But um, Kudrov will be out for a significant time, um, which will really hurt the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have already kind of started to struggle this year um, and not off to a hot start and um, might not be winning the President's Trophy like I predicted they would. Um, But now we're going to transition into contract negotiations um so now like literally right after i uh recorded my last episode 
Um, Brady Kachuk signed a seven-year, um, 8.214 average per year contract. Um, it's good for the centers. Finally get this contract out of the way. Everything's agreed upon. He's one of your focal points of the future. Um, he's now the highest paid player on your team. And they sell $13.2 million of cap space right now. Um, and they're a team looking for the future. You still got them like Matt Murray, who you traded for, who's probably not worth the 6.25. You're paying him. He'll be off the books in three years. Uh, when you'll have to sign guys like Tim Stutzel, you have to sign Jake Sanderson once he comes up. Um, but I, I, it seems like a lot right now for Brady Kachuk. Um, but you're, you're in a space right now where right now you have the cap space and at that, the four years after. So like the next three years, you got the cap space. Um, you might be overpaying it yet, but you're those four years on the end four years are the times you're looking. That's when our team's going to be best. That's when we're going to win the cup. And that's when that 8.214 is going to be a really good deal for Brady Kachuk. So I think this is a good deal for them. Next, you have Charlie McAvoy. Um, who's one of many defensemen uh, getting a giant contract. Um, lots of defenders. We saw this year that in the defense market went up a lot. He signed an eight-year, $9.5 million uh, deal extension, which will kick in at the end of next year, or excuse me, at the end of this year, so starting next season. Um, McAvoy is clearly the top defender on the Bruins and one of their future pieces that they're looking to keep um, obviously signed long-term now. He's going to be staying with them. Um, he stepped into a bigger role last year and proved he could handle it, finishing fifth in the Norse Trophy voting. Um, he's yet to play a full 82-game season yet, though. Uh, suffered a couple of injuries, um, his most games being 67 games, and the most points he has scored is only 32, which seems troubling to a lot of people. But keep in mind, uh, he, the most games he's played is 67 um, if he could be like a 50 point guy, he's going to be expected to be getting power play one uh, time, uh, only started getting really power play time last year. Um, he, he, his point production will only increase, but defensively, he's really, really good. Um, if you look at some statistics, he was arguably the best 5v5 defender in the entire league last year. Um, I think, again, with McAvoy, um, you're, this contracts are really going to work out for them in the future when the cap does go up, um, is an overpay, um, maybe in the first like season or two, it will be, but you're getting him through his prime years. I mean, he's 23 at the moment. This contract's going to take him till he's like 31 or 32. Um, yeah, like 32, I believe. Um, so you're really getting this contract through his prime years. So I think 9.5 is a reasonable deal for him. So with the McAvoy extension, um, this has brought lots of talks around Adam Fox, the reigning Norris Trophy winner, who is also coming up on an expiring contract and what should the number be that he gets. Now, everyone knows um, Adam Fox is going to get eight years. Um, they're going to want to sign him long-term, but what's his average per year going to be? Lots of people are saying just give him a blank check and let him write it. Um, he put up 47 points in 55 games last year. Um, and so in my opinion, um, I would say $9.5 million is going to be the minimum that he gets. Um, he's not going to make less than Charlie McAvoy. He'll make at least the same, 
even if he does take a pay cut, I think it's at 9.5. And I think if he gets anywhere below $10 million, 10 to 9.5, I think that's a good, I think that's like a great contract for Adam Fox. Um, Anything between 10.5 and 10 million, I think is good. Um, Anything 11 million or higher, I think you begin to worry a bit. I don't think, um, I don't think it's bad necessarily, but anything over $11 million, I start, I kind of get to worry um, just because that's a lot of money investing into a player. Um, I'm not saying he's not going to be good for the future, but he, he had, he has only played two seasons so far and had one good breakout season. Um, I guess we see how he does this year, but um, I think 11 million or more might become where he's going to have to prove that's what he's worth. I can't like definitively say that that's a good contract. I That's when I would start to worry. Um, you've got Ryan Strom, whose contract's going to be coming up next year. You've got Capo Caco, um, probably going to be signed on a bridge deal, but still he's going to want at least like three and a half million. Plus you got a depth signing. Um, you just signed Zabinijad to $8.5 million. Um, you also have the contracts like Barclay Gutro, who I think they overpaid for. You've got Chris Kreider, who's making 6.5, which I think is a bit too much for Chris Kreider. Um, I don't think it's extremely awful, but um, it's still a lot for a guy like him. Um, so I think if I had to give you a prediction on what I think Adam Fox is going to get, I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to get eight years at 10 million. I think he'll, he'll get $10 million average. Um, that that's my prediction. If he takes less than that, then that's even better for the New York Rangers. So now to finish out, um, I'm not going to do stats leaders in the NHL so far, cause we're only a week in and I'm going to wait till next week once we have, um, more games under our belt. Um, but I will give you my three stars of the past week. So at number three, Give me Anze Kopitar of the Los Angeles Kings, who had five goals and three assists and was a plus three when they went one and two. Um, now, while the Kings may not be looking like a contender, if somehow Kopitar can have a similar-ish breakout season like Patrick Kane turned up. Now, I know those are kind of two different players, but Patrick Kane did help lead that Blackhawks team to almost making the playoffs. Um I think if Drew Doughty alongside him, he Drew Doughty's got seven points at the moment. Um, it's a the Pacific Division is a weak, weak division. Um, they could trouble other teams and maybe make a playoff push. Um, I don't. I think it's unlikely to happen, but just something that they could like be up there and being kind of like a pesty team. Um, at number two, I'm going to give it to two players. I'm giving Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Um, both of them in three games so far, have eight points. McDavid with four goals, four assists, and a plus three, netting a hat-trick, and five points against the Flames, and Dreisel with two goals and six assists and a plus four, and scoring his 200th uh, marker of his career. And they led the Oilers to a 3-0 and start. And at number one, give me Jordan Kyrou of the St. Louis Blues, who has two goals and five assists for seven points and is a plus six and has helped lead the St. Louis Blues to a 3-0 and start. Now, not only did he put up two assists against the Colorado Avalanche, giving them a win in their season opener, but also went out for a four-point night with two goals and two assists in a 7-4 victory up against the Arizona Coyotes. So that is going to do it for today's episode as we covered suspensions, extensions, and teams under and over performances so far in week one. 
still lots of season ahead and in hockey literally anything can happen so make sure to follow me here on spotify so you can see my recap for the weeks to come and i'll catch you all next time for another episode of top shelf